And now, our feature presentation. Hello everybody, welcome to the second part of our Studio Ghibli Marathon. I am your host Ben, aka The Marvelous Iggy, and joining me is uh, Tyler, but Tyler has a secret last name. He is Tyler uh, Uel Laputa. Um, I, where, where did that new name come from? You aren't supposed to know that. Now uh -oh. I'm going to have to find you. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> okay, as you can tell, if you've seen this movie, you can tell what that last name is. And also, if you probably saw the post and the, and the thumbnail that Justin makes for us every week. We are discussing Castle in the Sky, um, a lot of people's favorite Studio Ghibli movie. Yeah, and I could definitely see why. This is probably the most non-traditional Ghibli movie that I've seen thus far. It definitely um, has a whole bunch of adventure movie vibes going forth, though, which is something I didn't expect. Right. So let's go ahead and, because I've never seen this before, this is your first time watching it, too. Um, let's go ahead and break it down. Uh, it's uh, Laputa, uh, the Japanese title is Hepburn Tenku no Shiro Raputia, or Laputa Castle in the Sky in the United Kingdom. Uh, of course, this was directed by Hayao Miyazaki, written by Hayao Miyazaki, produced by Isao Takahara, um, and of course, this was released August second, nineteen eighty six, so a little after two years uh, after the uh, after Nausicaa Valley of the Wind. With a runtime of 124 minutes, it had a budget of 500 million dollars, million yen, roughly about three million dollars, with a box office of 16 million. All right. So, and our cast, uh, we will be doing the 98 since 2003 dubbing as as per HBO Max. They did get an English dub in 1989, but we did not watch that version, so we will not be commenting on that. Plus, that one doesn't have Mark Hamill, so. Uh, Pazu, uh, is played by James Vanderbeek. Yes, that Dawson's Creek himself is in, is, is in this movie. Uh, Sheeta, as played by Anna Paquin and Debbie, uh, Derryberry, which that is a wonderful last name, um, uh, plays, uh, Sheeta. Captain Dull is played by Cloris Leachman. Colonel Muska, played by Mark Hamill himself. General Morrow is played by Jim Cummings. You can recognize that voice the second he speaks. Um, Uncle Palm is played by, uh, uh, Richard Eisler is Uncle Palm. Michael McShane's Charles. Mandy, Mandy Patinkin, which I, re I was like, is that him? Like, cause I rec it's brief, but it's, you don't hear much. Andy Dick is Henry. John Hostetter is Mr. Duffy, the boss. Tress McNeil is Okami. Debbie Derryberry, uh, voicing again is, is the ma Madge. Um, Eddie Friesen is Motro. And then the train operator is Matt K. Miller. So, um... Yeah, after coming off of Nausicaa, this is the second movie. Obviously, Nausicaa was a, was a hit, and it caught the people by storm. This is a very different movie than Nausicaa was, and not in a bad way. Yeah, for sure. It definitely um, has that same mysticism and intrigue that Nausicaa has, for sure. Right. But in terms of uh, its actual uh, motifs and uh, the plot going forward, it's... It's way different. Exactly. Um, for instance, this is very... So pretty much... Again, we won't go beat for beat for these movies. But pretty much the plot centers around our main... It's it's a duo cast. So initially it seems like you're going to have Sheeta, um, who is uh, the main character, play, uh, the main character, and Pazu, who joins her a little about... Not about in the first act. Um, 
is pretty much she is on the run from what seemingly both pirates and then also this foreign government, which I can't remember if they actually have a name. Um, I know it's like this is supposed to be like Europe, like a different version of Europe, because um, they like reference like real world places, but I don't remember if this country's actually given a name. Um, but, uh, and basically she's on the run from them and she holds a very special crystal, a blue, very, a blue crystal that can, um, allows her to flight, to fly, to fly in some way. Um, Officials, of course. (laughs) Um, and so she, she, uh, she falls into this wonder, God, that, I'm sorry, that valley city, town, that's, that's just, it's just like, "Mm, that just looks so amazing when I look at it just like this town that's just encaved in this valley and like how it's like hanging oh it's so cool um something straight out of an RPG yeah dude I was gonna say like man like you could tell like I couldn't help but think of like Narsh from Final Fantasy 6 or like um like it's it just reminded me of that like how like it, we'll talk about it later but um so Sheeta crashes or she falls into Pazu's literally falls into him um thankfully uh, softly and she kind of just is she wakes up she doesn't have she kind of has memory loss but like i think it's like t- brief amnesia where she doesn't really remember why she's being chased um as she is being pursued because of her jewel and the reason she is being pursu- uh, chased for her jewel is that that is called i believe it's ethereum which um, I believe that's what NFTs are using now, which I hate. That's the first thing I thought of when no, man. I... It's a geo crystal, bro. Oh god, no, we're we gonna make NFT <laughs> jokes here. No, no. Uh, no we're not. That's the last you'll hear of that. And so her they uh the 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 villain of this of this movie, Colonel Musk, believes that uh her crystal is the key to finding the lost castle or end or end civilization of Laputa. Um, which got saying that as a Mexican in Spanish, La Puta is something so very vulgar. So forgive me if I giggle a little bit. Um, and pretty much it's a, a pure adventure story where it's all about the race to La Puta to find the ergo the castle in the sky. Kind of reminds me of uh, the plot of Uncharted Two, even though this movie predates it by two decades. I, I, like, it's a very, you know, like, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a very old trope, you know, you, you find this treasure that, like, it, I mean, even Goonies had it, you know, they find the map in, in the attic, and then they proceed to f- try to go find the treasure in, in, in the, yeah, it's, it's a very old trope, but it works, um, and I had so much fun, like, like, I would say, because I feel like Studio Ghibli does a really good job of um, having messages in their movies without be, like being like, over, like being subtle enough, but not being overtly like, "Hey, look at this thing." And I feel like the main, even though Musk is the villain, the main driving force of this movie is, I believe, would you agree with me, is greed. I would say so, yeah. Uh, because uh, both the pirates that are chasing Sheeta and both the army uh the nation that currently that has her in capture um the the pirates want lapita for for its um its jewels its treasures of course and musk wants it for what we would find out later is its power and uh, apparently lapita was a a world power in its day and in fact pazu the second main character his i believe it's his father 
um, who actually took a picture of Laputa and and it's like very brief and took sketches, but he was called a madman, and I think they the movie pretty much implies that he kills himself because everybody didn't believe him. You know what that part kind of reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, the Skypea arc in One Piece, where uh, there was a legend of Nolan the Liar who saw a floating island in the sky and was in no way believed him because of it. I believe it. Yeah, like there's like, like yeah, I I could definitely believe that. It's I mean, I guarantee you Oda was probably inspired by that, you know? Like, sure. like it's it's just that idea. Um but like I I found myself like like outside of like that professors that the 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 greed and and the evil hearts of men who want nothing more than power and greed, like that's the only message to go away from it, but which isn't bad, but it's such a fun enjoyable movie that like it, it like it's not brainless by any means. Like say a Michael Bay movie, there's actual heart to it. Cause you, actually, sure. you actually care about what happens. Um, but like who? Let's uh, let's talk about like I, I like the characters first. So let's talk about um our main character Sheeta, who once again, not the true, not the star by herself, but she's definitely like the, I would say she's the lead over Pazu. Yeah, I'd say that she's um, important, uh, but not as important as she would be if, uh, ah, shoot, what's his name, uh, Pazu wasn't there. Right, yeah, it, they, they very much work in hand versus Nausicaa, it, it was her story, and and because they're, and, and it is still her story, but it's intertwined with, um, with Pazu so much, um, and I really liked her. I think Nausicaa is a bit more fleshed out than than her, but as a as a as a female protagonist who pretty much you know she she doesn't like violence. She she just wants to be rid of this this thing that's on her chest, and she holds all life precious. I found her really endearing, and I I, I really liked her her uh, friendship with Pazu. Yeah, their their relationship is the big driving force of this movie. Like, they go out of their way to make you care about these two as a unit. Right, exactly. Um, I think, And I think it's there's a, like, there's a great crescendo moment where they finally make it to uh, Laputa, and they're tied via rope uh, by, um, uh, so they don't fall off, off the ship that they were on. And uh, Pazu is, like, lifting her up, dangerously over a cliff, mind you, and, like, then like he brings her down and they're they're like next to each other. So I thought, are they gonna kiss? You know, like it's whatever. Romance romance is not something unfamiliar in Studio Ghibli movies as we we'll see going forward. But I like that they kept it platonic. That these are just two friends on an adventure. That they care about each other, but it never crosses that line of 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 romance. It's it's just it's just friends at this point. Yeah, their relationship is important, but not as important as the adventure at hand. Right. Like, it's a good it's a good blend. Exactly, um, and and they're separated <clears throat> enough so you you care you care about what happens, um, you know, especially when they're first captured by um, by Musk. Very very good. Um, and and Pazu, like I really liked like I think Pazu, like you have um, Shida as the very reserved, very quiet character. Like she's she's she she can be daring when she needs to be. But I like that Pazu is like her polar opposite, the the rambunctious, uh, 
you know, like I'm gonna save you no matter what kind of character, including crawling through very tiny cracks and walls to get to you, which god that made me really nervous. Yeah, man. This dude gives Nathan Drake a run for his money, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if like the, the like uh, like Naughty Dog wasn't hey, let's just do this guy. Uh make this movie about him. Um but I think I think it's hard to speak with them individually. I think they they work as I said as a as a duo. For sure. Um, as for let's talk about the villain then, Mark Hamill as Colonel Muska. And Mark Hamill was in the previous movie, but he has a very bit role. This time he has something to to uh, to chew on. And you were commenting in the Discord, our Discord of like how great Mark Hamill is at being a villain. For sure. Like, everyone knows him as Luke Skywalker. Yeah, you know, whatever. But this dude is also the Joker, man. And parts of that uh, kind of reflect in this performance here. And A little bit. Yeah, they, like there's there's moments when he's like saying like you fool like it's like it's it's kind of hard right to not hear the Joker when he's doing that, but he like and he, there's even moments where he's doing maniacal laughter, but he never goes that full Joker moment. It's always like just it's unhinged, but it's never that crazy. Yeah. Um, but I really, cause like. He like he was talk like he was like it's definitely Mark it's definitely Rick Hart's voice, but he wasn't talking like like you know I'm the clown you know he was as a that's a bad Mark Hamill impersonation, but like he really sound sounded like a sleazy. I want nothing but power for myself, and he even actually starts sounding like a Nazi a little bit when he's in La Puta and he finds the big Ethereum crystal where he's like, they are lesser beings and they belong beneath me. Like, it was like, Jesus Christ. The, okay, there you go. There's there's the full uh, villain reveal. Excuse me. Um, so, yeah. Uh, no, you're good, dude. Um, like, I thought he was like, it's, it's definitely not like, it's definitely almost surface level. Like, there's not much to him other than that he he wants Lapita. But I think what makes it interesting is the the fact that both him and Cheetah have a basically it's never stated what their exact relationship is, other than they are descendants of um of the, the lost civilization of Lapita. Yeah, that was a big plot twist at the end of the movie where this dude that seems to know everything about the lost civilization is actually the descendant of it, and he just wants full power of it all to himself. Right. Um, it actually, you know, what funny reminds me. It reminds me. It reminds me of like Grandia when they were looking for um, Gaia, and like, and 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 you find this lost civilization that's been standing there for years. But I like they serve as a duality. Like here, you have two people from the same lineage, right, of this ancient lost civilization, this former world superpower, and one has driven into power hungry hunt to basically restore his homeland um, to glory. Where does that sound? I mean, like, maybe, maybe the, am I wrong for making the Nazi analogy? Because I feel like it's very close to what, like, it's never. Uh, I don't think it's wrong per se. Or, or at least nationalist. but it's whatever. Yeah, at least at least nationalistic of like returning your 
your home, like returning to your homeland to its former glory and others, everyone else is literally beneath you, like literally beneath you. Um, versus you have um, Sheeta, who is very much um, caring and kind, and you know, and and like there's even like you could even see that reflected in Lapita. How it's it's like they have the the the, the decadent guardian, which is very peaceful. But then you have the giant automatons that are definitely weapons of war. So it's like again, maybe I'm seeing too much of it, but like I believe that they put that in there for a reason. That Probably, it's. Yeah. It's it's not necessarily the civilization that is is terrible. It is the people behind it that could change the course of the, of, of a country of a nation's future. Um, let's make a quick mention, but definitely great performance by Mark Hamill. Um, I hope he's in more of these. Sure. I really hope he's in. I think he is, isn't he? I, um, probably. I, let's keep I, a surprise. True, true, true. Uh, maybe he'll be like our running thing. Um, the Captain Dola, who initially I thought she was going to be the villain. Of these brand of sky pirates, I love these dudes, especially when they start helping out Sheeta and and um, and and, uh, and Pazu. I really love them even more so then. Yeah, the pirates do start off as antagonists, and you're led to believe that they're going to be like the main driving force of uh, what the heroes are going to be going against. But once you find out that. Uh, that Muska is the main villain of all of this, and that's when uh, these guys turn over a new leaf, and you find that they're, like, super endearing in all the right places. Right, exactly. Um, it, it, like, they're, like, they're basically mama's boys. It, it reminded me, like, of, like, I don't know where it was, but, like, the idea that they call their gang leader mom, um... It sounded very familiar, but I can't remember exactly where I've heard it from. Going back to One Piece again, there, uh, there is there is Big Mom, um, one of the Big Mom pirates. Uh, that's basically uh, what this reminds me of. Wouldn't be surprised oh. if uh, Oda took inspiration from this as well. Yeah, and I, I really liked her. Like, there's there's a when the moment I knew um, I fell in love, I, I realized that. Um, Dola, Captain Dola was a badass. Was there trying to rescue Sheeta from the burning castle? And that thing is like on fire, and she gets hit in the eye with a with a with a piece of um, cobble. I wouldn't say cobblestone, but I wouldn't say brick either. A uh, piece from the castle there, and like her lens breaks off, and she is just like probably has a concussion or maybe her eye. Who knows, right? And the poor Pazu is like leaning, has to hold her weight up while trying to fly the the, the their cool ships. Um, and still, she somehow regains consciousness to regain control of, of, of her vehicle. That was, like, that was amazing. That was, that, that was, was sick. it was pretty cool. So, like, she's, and, and I really like when she's, like, acting as the captain and she's, like, doing all the calculations. Um, very, very fun. Like, that, like, she's, like, that extra spice needed for, like, that part of the movie when they, when they start siding with the, uh, with Pazu and, um, and Cheetah. Because she just wants money. She, That's all she wants. She wants money. Yeah, for sure. Um, and luckily they get it, um, which, which is the spoiler of the ending. Um, so she's married to Dr. Eggman over here. Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, that's literally Dr. Eggman. Holy shit. That's literally just... I think, I think is his name Ben? Because his lunchbox has Ben on it, but he's not mentioned. I think it. he is. Yeah, which is like, his, his, he's not mentioned in the cast because I guess it's a non-speaking role. Um... But like it's like what the fuck? It's literally did did um did what's what's the guy who created Sonic or one of the guys who created Sonic? Just 
look at this and go, I'll take that, thank you. That's mine now. Probably. Um, like, it's it's not even like, oh, it's just a bald man. No, it's literally circle glasses, like, mustache that thins, starts out small, goes big. It's insane. Um, but I wanted to, dude, okay. There's not many as much characters as other ones, so we're going to go ahead and just end it there with the characters. Like, there's, a, there's you know, General Mauro, who's played by Jim Cummings, but he's just a typical army sergeant um, who actually turns on Musk at the end, and which I didn't... also Uncle Palm, who's basically the Lorax of Rocks. Yeah, let's talk about, like, he's basically the exposition guy, which that, that scene with Uncle Palm is when I knew I fell in love with this movie. Yeah, this is uh, Ghibli magic at its finest. Yeah, when they're in, they're in this. They're trying to. They're in this. They're because they're running away from the pirates, and they're in this cave. And all of a sudden, they the whole Chris, the whole cave. It looks like they're in outer space because it's just shining and sparkling. And it turns out it's it's Ethereum, which is what um, uh, Sheeta's crystal is made out of, and it allows the castle in the sky to literally fly like that. And it's so mesmerizing and. And there's a very, very mo- like a moment where Sheeta pulls out her crystal and shows it to him, and he gets like, like, oh my god, like, like he hasn't seen something like this in a long, long time, and uh, he's like, I think, I think he gets a little bit emotional, but also because like he's he's in those caves like all the time, so his eyesight's not used to something bright. But I thought that was, I thought that was a like. There's ways to do exposition scenes where like it could just feel tedious. And then there's scenes like this where it just makes me go, I want to see that. I need to see this lost civilization of Laputa. Yeah, this kind of sparks the intrigue for sure. Right. It's it's like that moment in like a JRPG. Um, like, I, I it reminded me of like... I was in- going to say, it, re- it reminds me of uh, that one scene in Final Fantasy VII when Guggenhagen is talking about the life stream. Ah, uh, see, for me, it reminded me of when in the first Golden Sun game, when you first hear about the lost ancient civilization of Lemuria, and you're like, and you hear of all its wonderful technologies and how it, at the at the time that was a world superpower, and it's just like I need to see that. It, it very reminded me of that, and they captured that magic perfectly um, to the point where like you want to go on this adventure. Um, uh, so. Um, Let's talk about the actual adventure because Jesus Christ, like this is this is a thrill ride from almost start to finish, and the pacing in this movie is immaculate. Yeah, for sure. There's not a dull moment in this movie at all. No, it, it it's. I mean, it starts off with a bang with uh, almost like uh, very similar to um, you know, like I I could think of like the first Star Wars movie where they're being raided by the the Empire and they're being attacked by pirates and. She has to escape, um, and to, and like wonderful air combat situations with these magnificent, like beautifully designed and animated uh, airships. Like Jesus Christ! It's not a Ghibli movie without airships, right? And it's like, not as far as I've seen, anyway. Right, dude. Like, I know they'll never do it because Studio Ghibli makes their own movies, but I would love to see a Final Fantasy VI movie in this style and I I can't help but think that like looking at the castle looking at the airships like they were not that that the um, people behind Final Fantasy 6 were not influenced by this movie they they had to have been like just just looking at some of the designs from it um but uh 
like, especially like the um, the Goliath, the uh, Musk's uh ship. That thing was a beast. Thing's huge, bro. Yeah, it it was so magnificent. Um, it really like captures your sense of wonder. But I think my favorite part of this movie is when they finally make it to uh, Lapida. Yeah, everything uh, leading up to there uh, was pretty much just trying to get to Lapta and uh, also retrieving the stones, of course, just because that's the key to getting there. And once you get there, it's a giant floating castle in the sky, name drop, and um, it's got, it's pretty much dilapidated, like, it's just pretty much uh, covered in roots, um, like, Moss. Almost all the robots are completely dead, save for one. And right. its only companions are pretty much the plants and animals that inhabit it. Which one of them was we saw in the first movie? The the, the fox squirrel, which I, I thought that was a cute little nod. Um, or there was like multiple of them. Um, but man, that I wanted to spend there forever. It's, and especially when they looked under the water and you saw more... Of Lapida submerged in like this, like I guess, like like it was just it just like it made me feel like a kid again. Like I, I'm so jealous of any kid who got to see this movie, whether they were in 1989 or in 2003. Because I didn't watch this in 2003 when I was 13. I would have had my mind blown back then. For sure, for sure. Like Jesus, it's just. This movie is beautiful in so many ways, and, and it, it doesn't have as much of a strong message as, as Nausicaa, but it didn't have to. And 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 it and also I think it also shows that a movie can be fun and adventurous while also not being mindless and stupid. For sure. Like like never once did you question a character's motive. Never once did I question a character's motivations. Like they they were just gonna do it, and 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 you just you were just along for the ride. Nothing felt contrived. Yeah, it's just a fun adventure movie that has a lot of heart put into it. Right, exactly. Um, uh, it, it was it it was definitely an experience. Um, uh, I I think I think anything else to say about this movie because like the like um. Um, there's there's there, there's a lot here, but there's not too much. Yeah, I think we covered pretty much everything. Okay, yeah, definitely. Like again, we don't want to like it, this. Probably would be longer episodes if we have to. Um, um, uh, you know, for a bit. But here's some of the video game references that they said. Um, of course, they said um, Final Fantasy VI because of the whole steampunk thing. You can definitely see it. Um. Mega Man Legends influence you can see with all the steam with the steampunk stuff. Um Zack and Wiki, which I never played. I know that was like a Capcom game. Um uh, Valkyrie profile for sure I can see that. Um and apparently Princess. Uh apparently Bioshock Infinite uh it was an influence. I mean considering the whole point is, you know, Castle in the Sky, yeah, uh definitely can see that. For sure. Um, uh, trying to see what else. Breath of the, apparently, Breath of the Wild uh, as well. Um, 
you know, I, I, with how certain. Yeah, that was obvious. Yeah, that was definitely definitely obvious. Um, and apparently, uh, the golems in Minecraft are. And now that I look at the golems, I'm like, holy shit! Like, they, they, yeah, for sure. Like, I love looking at stuff like that. Like how that's how you know a film has stand the test of time when other pieces of media will. You could say I wouldn't say plagiarize, but in influence other pieces of media so its legacy goes far longer than when that movie initially came out and that, I think that's amazing um, so let's go ahead go to the box rating how many of out of how many uh, stars out of five do you give uh, uh, castle in the sky I will give this four Latin robots out of five this is a fun adventure all the way through um, all the characters are endearing, uh, the animation's great, there's just a sense of wonder in almost every scene. It's just a fun movie all around. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a four as well. Very, very good. Very, very wonderful. Um, it does, like, I could easily see myself watching it again. I'll probably watch, try to watch it in Japanese to see, like, to see the, hear the Japanese voice acting. Um... But God, it, the, the Studio Ghibli is just so good at crafting these worlds that you just want to be in, even if the world is not in a like a pristine state. You know, um, very very wonderful film. Okay, so that does it for this time. Next week, the movie, this movie you cannot watch off of HBO Max. This is the only Studio Ghibli movie that's been released that that is not on HBO Max. This is uh, Grave of the Fireflies which will be coming out next and I won't lie to you based on what I've read it's gonna be pretty depressing so we're gonna see how that goes with the, with I'll how get the tissues ready yeah um, I won't give the subject matter but Grave of the Fireflies I've never seen this movie um, so uh, it's gonna be interesting but uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up uh, Tyler where can the people find you at you can follow me on Twitter at hey, HeyIt'sNotTie. Check the pinned tweet to take you to my YouTube channel, Home Attire Shoes Reviews, where I review old-ass fighting games for your pleasure. I also stream on Twitch at twitch.tv slash tireshoes1. Check my schedule to see what the heck I'm playing. And you can follow me at twitter.com slash marvelsiggy. And you can also catch me live four times a week at Digital TV says Iggy 4 four times a week, all Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, and of course go to churches.com for this content as well as our other shows thank you everybody for listening we'll be back next week for uh, Grave of the Fireflies until next time guys wish on thank you for watching at Cinema Shot Theater